We brought you damn good beer and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm to table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas and they ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their Hamburger One Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200 and you receive free shipping. Check them out and we promise you won't be disappointed. Oof. Welcome in to the DMVR Draft Podcast. Andre Simone and the boys, Hank, Jake, Justin, everyone in the house. Oof. We've got lots to get through because it's the wide receiver class. And uh, this is a trend I've found in draft circles is you hype a draft class and somehow the one following it can match it because last year's wide receiver class was undoubtedly historic, undoubtedly stacked. And we saw it um, in their rookie seasons. And I expect a lot more, but uh, yeah, this class is something special. It's insane. Um, It doesn't necessarily relate to the Broncos all that much because they did double up on wide receivers last year. Uh, But it's still for draft conversation, a must to have so we've got a lot to get into um this was a tough test this was a tough test for sure um so we've we're gonna get into all of that no time for uh bs fluff talk but first some news and the biggest news in the draft world where everyone's tight-lipped because no one gets to meet each other at pro days and combines and stuff like that anymore is that Mel Kuyper published the mock? Anything stand out to you guys about this one? Well, Jake? Um, I think Jake has some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to say that, you know, I know it's February, but I opened and read this mock and I about lost my mind at imagining this possibility actually playing out for the Denver Broncos. Right. Yes. So um, that is the headliner from the mock. Broncos trade down with the Patriots out of nine, moving back to 15. He presents it as the structure of the Devin Bush trade, which uh, nets, you know, the 15th pick uh, with Devin Bush and netted the Broncos, the 20th pick. Um, And then a second rounder and then a future 2022 first rounder, which Kuiper mentions might even have to be a first rounder because who the, who the Patriots go up to take is Trey Lance. Also noteworthy, Trey Lance, fourth quarterback to be taken after the Niners move up to seven. The Panthers then take Mac Jones, surprisingly ahead of Trey Lance. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Trey Lance being the third quarterback being mocked in a lot of these spots ahead of Fields, ahead of Mac Jones. Now he's the fifth behind or right. Fifth. That's the That's how the math works out. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Um, Henry, you seemed a little more in favor of a trade like that. And I, mean, I know I can talk myself into any side of anything if I want to. Um, okay. In, in this case, you know, if, if the Broncos think that Drew Locke deserves another year, then mm-hmm. this all makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and that is the, the one big question that we haven't gotten an answer to. And I think to me, I'm still, I could be convinced either way, give Drew Locke another year, go get a quarterback. If it is go, or if it is give Drew Locke another year, trading down would be the right move here. Um, especially when you look at the way the board falls, you know, certain is still right there. I don't like, I think that there's a good chance that's a good option at number nine, but I'm still just not in love with that pick. You know, the Parsons stuff, Slater, Tucker, Farley is who they it's wind up Trey getting Lance. at 15. And, I mean, and would you... getting Farley at 15 and picking up some other picks, that's that's a good outcome. You could have gotten him at nine. And I, I, I think it would be a good deal for the Broncos, even if they didn't address the right position. I don't know. Those are some thoughts, I guess. <laughs> if you If you trade down here, then are the Broncos in the market for a veteran quarterback? Because I think you do have to add somebody right. to the room. You can't just roll in with Locke and God, who's the backup? Is it Driscoll still? Uh, I, I maybe cut Driscoll and just run with yeah. Rip, rip yeah, it and rip I guess, it. I guess we still got ripping, but um, yeah, I guess the real question is this scenario essentially opens three doors, three possibilities for you, and it's up to you to choose who do you think is the most likely route to get a franchise quarterback. Is it simply staying put at nine in this scenario where Trey Lance is available and falls into your lap and selecting and developing him? Is it sticking and developing Drew Locke two years into Pat Shermer? Or is it loading up on picks for 2022? And um, I'm sure we all have plenty of mental notes on a few of these top guys from the 2022 class as we prepped for all these wide receivers. Um, For example, Amonra St. Brown, you watch that tape. I came away less than impressed by Keaton Slovis, who is the consensus number two quarterback um, in that 2022 class, for example. Um, So yeah, or is that the route? Loading up on picks for 2022 and hoping that a Sam Howell, a Slovis, uh, Tyler So, who transferred, uh, who I know that's not his name, um, saw, or any other many candidates, um, Yeah. So uh, my personal opinion, the best route would be to just take Trey Lance. And if Trey Lance hadn't dropped to nine, this isn't even a conversation. Great trade. Um, But obviously you can't make that great trade if Trey Lance isn't available. So, you know, it's a bit of a chicken and the egg type of proposition here. Anything else stand out or any other notes from that trade? Um, How much more stoked would you guys be to land Lance versus Sam Howell next year? Oh my! It would. I like close. Howell a lot. I like him more than Lance. Yeah, I I think Howell still got some work to do. I I mean, I mean, they all do. Of course, yeah. I just think Lance has the natural tools with him compared to Howell are just. I think they're worlds apart. Honestly, I think that Lance's arm compared to Howell, it's not even close. Lance's arm it just blows his out of the water. Yeah, he's got a cannon for sure. Um, athletically, I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs a bit. Um, you're definitely getting youth on your side with Trey Lance. Um, I'll tell you that much. So, I mean, 
it, it's probably closer than I originally thought, but still, yeah. I just think it, it's a great it's, question. Yeah, it's a good question. And Howell like- is still just 20 years old. He's a September 16, 2000 birthday. So only a year. Exactly. Ago. He's got he's got some time to, to put it together. I just wonder the hype surrounding Lance right now, given his age, given where he's coming out of, it kind of reminds me of a scenario where you have a really prominent high school quarterback going to a big college. You know he has all the tools. You know there's the possibility of can he put it together. But I feel like we're kind of just assuming that it's all going to come together. I don't know. Henry's brought up some stuff in the past that's definitely concerned me in terms of, you know, not working through his reads, just trying to take off and run too much. You're not going to be able to do that. But sure. again, you know, all these guys have work to do. And he's 19 years old, a 19 year old with that kind of cannon. Nuts. You know, somebody's going to fall in love. Yeah, no, it's a it, it's a great question because it's a very uh, ceiling versus floor type of question. Because exactly, you know, Howell's best comp is essentially Baker Mayfield. Um, and Trey Lance, I mean, shoot, the sky's the limit. Like, like a somebody who is made in a lab, but then has not been turned into. A, but I don't, I don't know. I thought I could come up with something. <laughs> definitely <laughs> made in a lab. Definitely <laughs> wah, wah, not wah. put to best use yet. Um, if I, I thought go, I would. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to go on a bit, a little bit of a tangent here, just because if. If I could go back to that trade, the only reason it would make sense would have to do with some news that, or not really news, just Rappaport was on NFL Network today. He was talking about Deshaun Watson. He was saying, this is this is going to go on for a while. I mean, the Texans aren't trying to get this done by free agency, and they're definitely not trying to get, get it done by the draft either. Um, I think both sides have their heels dug in. So the only Certainly. reason this trade really kind of makes sense is if you're kind of stacking up picks and you're still – kind of see yourself in play for Deshaun Watson. Hmm. That being said, that is kind of an irresponsible way to go about team building, right? To, you know, kind of put all your eggs in this potential basket of getting Deshaun Watson yep. um, just because you never really know. But well, worst case scenario, you use the picks though. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, nine could be another um, piece of ammo in a potential Deshaun Watson trade. That's a great point though, Jake, is – the quarterbacks that really make this mock seven, eight, nine are to the Niners, to the Panthers, to the Broncos. Well, you look at the odds makers outside of the Texans. Those are the three most likely places for Deshaun Watson to land. So they can go the draft route. They can go the um, try to load up and go and uh, go all in on Watson. And, you know, interesting how this mock shapes out to where Mac Jones goes ahead of Trey Lance. And we've seen that maybe on most like 90% of boards doesn't stack that way, but it all comes down to the decision makers for that particular team. And given that relationship at the senior bowl, that's been building, I could totally see that. And that makes this interesting. Um, Also thought Kyle Pitts in a trade down between uh, Falcons and jets um, going to the jets at four is very interesting And maybe that's how I'd start this wide receiver segment is my top three wide receivers in this class are top 10 prospects in this class, no doubt, which I think speaks very highly. And I want to start off by ranking those top three guys who I think we, we all agree. The world all agrees. There's a consensus top three that said on my universal board, 
the highest ranked pass catcher in this class is not one of those top three wide receivers. It is Cal Pitts, who Mel Kuyper has fourth overall um, in this mock. So I don't even know if that's a hot take. Um, Jake, I see you nodding your head in approval, but I just wanted to throw that out there. As special as these wide receivers are, I think the top tight end in this class is more special. Yeah, I mean, I almost nearly watched Kyle Pitts just to throw him into this conversation (laughs) just because when you watch him, he's not going to be playing much, you know, hand in the dirt, traditional tight end. This guy's going to be split out wide and catching a lot of passes. Yeah, And I like the idea of him going to the Jets too, just building off that mock. I I think that uh, as crazy as it sounds for a team that has that many needs, he's that good of a player. And if you're picking it four and he's on the board, I'm I'm not going to fault a team for taking a tight end right there assuming that it is Kyle Pitts just because he is so talented and so productive. And he was kind of what made one of the best offenses in the country click this season. For sure. Um, Yeah, he's, you could absolutely put him in the wide receiver group because I I, I would kind of got excited on Tony and was like, Oh, I get to watch Tony. Make sure to keep an eye on Kyle Pitts as a blocker. And then it was like, uh, mm-hmm. a what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he only catches passes and runs routes. He does yeah. not block. So he basically is an honorary member of this wide receiver class, but uh, let's get into it. Let, uh, I said it. We don't have time for any fluff BS talk on my side. We got to get into it. There is way too much to unpack here. This, I mean, like going through root canal surgery, rank these top three. I don't want to start. I do not want to start. Justin, you are the most biased of this group, so you have the most excuses. Start us off. I'm also most interested in hearing what Justin has to say about these Exactly. (laughs) So my list changed dramatically this week. Let's go. Um, Wow. Coming coming into the week, I would have had Devontae Smith as my number one wide receiver. He's now my number three. Um, <laughs> now and wow. I love him. We love say him. we say that was going to happen, and we can like make fun of scouts, but like that's the process, and that's why this is so like heart wrenching in some ways. Like you don't want to do it, but you have to, Justin. You have to. Credit to you. I just look. Everything he did this season was phenomenal, and it significantly upped what I think he can do in in the NFL in terms of his potential, just as far as creating separation, going up to get the ball, all that stuff. He's phenomenal. But when you go back and you watch Jamar Chase in 2019 and you see what he did, you see his hands and you see that size difference. I just think it is going to matter. Like, I I don't want to hold that against Devante, but if I, if it came down to, you know, him or Jamar Chase, I see why somebody would want Jamar Chase. So I've got Chase at two and I've got Jalen Waddle at one. Because I think mm. Jalen Waddle, when he's healthy, has the ability to be a Tyreek Hill type impact for an NFL offense. Got a career average about 19 yards of reception. You watch him in the open field; he's so freaking explosive. Like he can go from zero to 100 just like that. I love him. I mean, obviously he has to be healthy, and I think that could be a reason he ends up falling beneath these other two guys. But when he is healthy, he's my wide receiver one. What do you guys think? Do we all agree he has the highest ceiling, Waddle? Fair. Oh man, I think. So. I mean, it's it's the same. Yeah. He's the fastest. Like Jamar Chase, to me, I, I really like because he can go up and get balls in the red zone. Like like that piece to me that I am sure he has. 
is enough to to add something that I think nobody else has. And I still kept Devonta Smith number one, and I kept Jamar Chase number two because I, I was just trying to find something. I was trying to decide, like, you know, when you look through a bunch of these, we'll get into, like, Rondale Moore, but I remember watching one of his plays where he's deep down the field, and you're like, oh, well, he's covered and the corner just misses the ball and he catches it anyway. And you're like, okay, so he's making plays downfield, but that's something that somebody else kind of did for him. When you play a good team late in the year, that doesn't just happen for you. You need to go make plays. And who's going to go do that in this class? And I thought, well, Jamar Chase, I really like him in the red zone. And that is one thing that you can just put in the Jamar Chase column that you can't put in the same way in some of the other guys' columns. Still, Very Anquan Bolden-esque. Yeah, he's got that big frame, Dude, like just throw yes. it up, let him go get it in the corner of the end zone, especially if he was paired. You know, what made those Arizona offenses so fun over those years was they had Bolden and they had Fitzgerald. They had mm-hmm. somebody to hit you, you know, between the sticks across the middle. They'd work it up and then you take Bolden over the top or you get him in the red zone. Jamar Chase, man, even as an Alabama fan, like anybody that wants Jamar Chase to be their wide receiver one, I'm, I'm not going to argue because he's a freaking stud. Seriously. Yeah. And same thing with the other guys. Same thing with Smith. Same thing with Waddle. They're, it, it, it's just more so based on what you already have than anything, in my opinion. You know, like what is missing from your group? You know, the Broncos probably don't need a draft receiver, but what would you say they need? Maybe more speed. One of those hybrid type of guys is what we always say. And that means that if, if I'm the Broncos, I might take Waddle over either of those two, even though I have number three. I'm I'm right with you, Hank. I've got him Smith, Chase Waddle. And it, it was really tough for me because, I mean, up until honestly this morning, I was still kind of Smith or Chase. And, mm-hmm. you know, the what I've been taught and just what I've learned through scouting, I had Chase at one for so long. I mean, he's younger. Um, he's mm-hmm. got insane production that one year. And he's just, he's got that body. I mean, we've all talked about it. Um, you know, everyone's saying Anquan Bolden, da- Daniel Jeremiah says a, f- a faster Anquan Bolden. No, he's Anquan of- Bolden with elite tools. Anquan Bolden was a four, seven runner. Let's, let's be good. Anquan Bolden dropped to the second because he was a four, seven runner became basically a hall of famer. That's how freaking good Jamar Chase is. He's a hall of famer with like double stacked tools. It's nuts. You guys, but yeah. sorry, Jake, but no, Go ahead. I mean, I was just going to say, I saw more like a Pierre Garçon type receiver. I mean, just in terms of the size and speed, um, you know, just kind of get him the ball in space type of thing, but also able to be that alpha down the field. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I saw from him. And when it comes to picking the wide receiver one, I was just kept on thinking, what does Chase do that Monte Smith can't do? And I honestly couldn't really think of anything. And that's why I went Smith one. It hurt me to put Waddle Mm. three because I know that the NFL is just trying to get faster and faster and he plays right into that. Um, And we also talk about, you know, these slash players, these wide receiver slash running back hybrids. He could, I mean, he certainly had plays out of the backfield, so he fits into that perfectly. It's really, I like what Hank said. I mean, depending on your team and who you have on your roster, it's really, you're just filling in a hole at that point because I don't think you can miss with with any of these three guys. It's kind of a cop-out, but I had Waddle 1, Jamar Chase like 2, and then Smith 2A, like if that's how we're going to really do it. You know what I mean? It's whoever you want. I, I just, you can't go wrong there. 
I do think that people are going to look at, at Devontae Smith's frame, and I think they're going to hold it against him. You know, we've talked about mm-hmm. that all year, whether that's fair or not. We've seen him produce against SEC talent. He's done it. He's gone against the elite corners, still managed to put up big numbers in the biggest games. But, you know, old habits, they die hard. And, and I think if it came down to, like you said, if they're basically the same player, then you maybe go with the guy who's a little bit bigger and stronger. Yeah. At the same time, though, it's important to remember that that frame is what makes him so good. Like, like that is the separating quality. That is why his feet move so differently. Kind of that same thing that Jerry Judy does where like they take steps and they have like those dead leg jukes that are just inexplicable. And it's because they have really long skinny legs and skinny hips. And so they're just that quick and nimble and you can either like that stuff or not. And and it's the same thing kind of with Kadarius Tony. He has that skinniness in the lower half. I mean, it does have to scare you, I guess, but that's kind of the, the point of the football player. Well, and I think it probably scares you less in 2021 where all the rules favor the offense. You know, you don't, yeah. these receivers aren't getting murked in the open field like they were 15 years ago. Like, yeah, they're going to be fine, but it's tough to say. Now, I'm, I'm talking myself back into, you know, why did I move Devontae down? You love him so much. You're looking for, <laughs> you're looking for flaws in his game. But that's the thing with these three wide receivers. You can pretty much talk yourself into any of them at, at one point or another just depends yeah. on the hour i'm you guys oh i'm so jake henry agree um i'm closer to justin but it's it's chase waddle smith for me and on my board they fall chase 6a waddle 6b because really the waddle ceiling for me is a major factor and Devonte smith is eight um, so they, they are right there neck and neck. I do think when I end up plugging in grades, Jamar Chase and Waddle will get a top 10 grade. Um, and I think Devonte Smith might end up with just a first round grade. <laughs> Part of it is he's a, the super duper elite unheard of production is and this is unfair and ultimately doesn't matter, but is maybe a bit more of a product of the system than anyone else here. So like take that for what it is. His competitiveness, top of his routes, um, physicality is otherworldly. His a bit he is gonna stress this is Smith. Man coverage so freaking much because those crossers deep short it doesn't matter he's gonna stress you so much and he just runs as a bat out of hell he's just gonna clear out the middle in a millisecond for you and what that's gonna do for your offense on top of those other competitive traits i just talked about is gonna be monumental um it's just you know a lot of it comes down to maximizing your ceiling already um as much as we talk about the tools with chase he might be the shortest guy of this group, which is saying something Waddle might be the biggest guy. Um, just combo That's what really intrigues me by the it's way, nuts. it's that size speed combo. Yeah. He's fast as hell, but he's going to put on, you know, 10 pounds of muscle totally. over the next couple of years. And he's just going to become a rocket to take down that. And, and Justin, you compare him to a Tyreek Hill type of game breaker. I think you're right. But with the caveat of like almost an Alvin Kamara's body. Well, and he plays so much bigger than his size, too. I mean, yeah, how yeah. many times did you see him just go up on these balls thrown 50, 60 yards downfield and just jump over everyone? And, he's, and he's you look at him on the field when they're lined up, 
he doesn't look that big, but man, he gets up there. He's nuts. I think he's like he, not afraid to, to my... block either. Not a, not like a dynamic yep. blocker, but a guy yep. that will make the lead block. He's not going to hurt you on a play where if it's a stretch run, he's not going to be the reason that you get tackled. Gun to my head. He's the guy who I put my money on to be the best of these Bama wide receivers. You know, the four that will go in the top 15, these next two drafts. Um, so like that's, that's high praise, but he's second to chase. And I I'm, I'm with you guys on every chase. My biggest question is I see the tools are elite. I see the upside's pretty damn high. He, he definitely didn't maximize all his tools in that 20 touchdown season, which is freaking scary. Uh, but there is part of me that wonders how high is that ceiling ultimately? Like how big is he truly? How much of a speed demon is he? But man, this guy starts running those routes with a little more effort at the top of his stems and stuff. What, what he does at the end of routes and shit is unreal. What gets so me special. with him is just how active his hands are. I mean, <laughs> as soon as the defensive back tries to get any hand on it, he's automatically just get off me like mm -hmm. i love that that's something that um i kind of saw as a weakness of this class overall is like yes. a lot of guys yep. are just welcoming in contact like dude you can fight back hand fight back um one more point though just to reiterate what henry said earlier i love what you said about Devonte smith about his size and his body because you can knock on him all you want for it but that's it, it's who he is that long wiry frame. That's how he plays. He goes yes. up and he's able to high point over everyone because he has longer arms. Yes. Um, he's able to outstride people just because he has these long legs that are just, I mean, he, he eats up ground so quickly Yeah, just in and out of transitions with him. It's, it's almost like he's accelerating like a race car, like in and out of turns. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Yeah. It's a really, really something else. This group, um, and gun to my head, I'd take this top three over last year's top three. Yeah, definitely. I, I think so, yeah. Hate to say it. I, I think Chase has the smallest advantage on Lamb. I think Waddle has a... Man, all right. I'm not even going to get into it, but yeah. Here's the thing. With, the, with Waddle and Ruggs, I think Ruggs is faster, but I think Waddle is overall yes. like a better yes. athlete, yep. you know? Yes. He's a better receiver too. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yep. Oh my God. It's crazy. And Devontae was like the go-to guy in that offense. Like third downs the last two years, that's who Tua and Mac were going to. It's not. I should say something to you too. Yes. Yes. He was playing Jay. X when Jerry Judy was on the field. Oh. Jerry Judy was in the slot. Yeah, and Smith kind of gets the versatility edge too out of these three. Like Smith sneaky like checks off so many boxes. And it's the classic like checking off boxes versus the super special traits that yep. like with a top 10 pick have to weigh a little heavier. It's nuts. Um Guys, let's take a quick break. I know, I know we said we do, but we'll, we'll take a quick break. We'll do, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of like four through nine ish um, before we do our deep cut, our more deep cut <laughs> late second round wide receivers <laughs> in segment three, because that's how stacked this group is. Um, DraftKings now, Hank? Yep. It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. 
New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right. All it takes for is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever. So head to the App Store now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and get in on all of the action. Yeah, and if when you get in, draft props. Draft oh. props are now there. Jamar Chase, the favorite, minus 155. Devontae oh. Smith, second at plus 140. Jalen Waddle, the value of all values at plus 700. Oh, JM, does that oh, shock you? 700 for first wide receiver off the board? Yes, my brother. Oh, oh I'm going to put, I'm going to mortgage hey. my freaking <laughs> arm on this. You have to. He's so fast. It's always the Nuts fast receiver value. that gets drafted first. We know this. Nuts value. Yes. And like, if I'm Chase, I probably don't run a 40 unless I'm confident I'm 4-4 four, four or lower. Yeah, you can really only hurt yourself in that mm-hmm. regard. And honestly, Smith, probably same thing. Waddle yeah. has to because he, he was injured last year. Has to. And his speed's the biggest selling point. But I assume he's running a 4-3. At um, least. So on the other side of Hank's DraftKings disclaimer, we can use these to kind of guide us, these top wide receiver odds through um, the rest of the rankings. But that was really interesting. And Waddle's the best value. So don't miss out. DraftKings, best uh, best app around. You use code DNVR. You must be 21 or older and tell them the rest, Hank. Um, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code DMVR for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four twenty-five dollars free bets. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, pew, pew, pew. Did we're about $10 to win 80 on Jalen Waddle. So <laughs> yes. Um, but also uh, support for DMVR is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the Damn best straight. in men's below the waist grooming. Yep. Manscaped offers precision engineered Even tools for this. your family jewels. And they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer just for our listeners. 20% off and free shipping with the promo code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. Um, there's so many awesome products you can get. Uh, the, the Lawnmower 3.0 is the, the classic. Like that's If you get one thing from Manscaped, it's better be either the ball deodorant or the... Uh, the lawnmower 3.0 because it's waterproof it's rechargeable there's a light on it so you can see what you're doing just as a golfer i thought you were a shave cream guy chafe cream on the crop reviver (laughs) the crop hive don't start with the crop hive they're very vocal yeah no the crop (laughs) the crop what is it crop preserver there you go yeah 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 crop preserver is the, the ball deodorant that's just spectacular <laughs> no i can remember doubt. that when i was trying to plug it earlier um oh, no. well i'm gonna have to get my hands on some more of that it's starting <laughs> to get warm outside too i guess it's uh, true we're getting to that time of year that that sweaty that's season good. everybody knows what everybody's you know we don't have to get too gross in the details true. here i know it's I'm not just 20 20 off manscape free shipping baby 
I've got Damn the straight. heater on high. I've got a blanket sitting on my the lap. S- Let's just say the swamp isn't only in the SEC. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Manscaped, the MBR back. There you go. <laughs> I mean, what, what better way to jump at the segment, too? Um, I needed some crop uh, reviver when I was doing these lists, man. It's making everybody sweat. <laughs> Tru- yeah. Truly, truly phenomenal transition. <laughs> Maybe the toughest choice of all he, today prepping for this GD pod of ours was spot number four. Agree? Oh, it was brutal. So uh, like a band-aid, shall we just shout these out? <laughs> I think I think then have a knife fight to settle it after. Um, <laughs> what, are, what are the odds we have four different players here? Four, awesome. a, a consensus four different? I don't think. I think it'll be much like the top three. They, there will be two agreements and then like the other two will have like basically four or five flipped. You have okay. me really interested now because I thought four was pretty easy. Really? Do you? Well, then start it yes. off, baby. Yeah, lay it on us, Jake. Number four for me is Kadarius Tony. Really? Mm. Wow. I, you guys <laughs> have higher than I have him. Shocking like, off in the room. He is my five. So let's see. This is, I, I will have too. predicted this perfectly. Um, I had Bateman. I have Bateman as well. And those who make the argument, tell me what the like, why there's really much separation between Chase and Bateman. Like, I see you. I I hear you out. I see you. Um, And yeah, Tony's my five. Are you with me, Hank? Yep. I've got Tony at five. And no, what about four? And and Bateman at four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. JM. I got Tony at eight. Oh, wow. A hater. (laughs) No, I like him. I just I could see that too. (laughs) He's four. I've got Bateman at four as well. I just think he's electric in the open field. I love that size. Um, you know, he opted out of the last three games. That it is what it is. It was a weird season. He was all kinds of productive in what we saw. I just think he's that classic, you know, prototypical NFL wide receiver. Great size. You can line him up all over, let him throw up and get the ball. He's intriguing. At five. I had Terrace Marshall. Um, I go back and forth on it because I, I I came into the week and I had him more in the Tony range of like eight, nine. He shot up. It's the same deal. I just, I like he's my biggest there. mover in this exercise for sure. Yeah. I just, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think he's a guy, especially if yes. he ends up falling to the second round or something like that, a guy who could end up being in potential for rookie of the year. If he ends up in the right system, he's going to put up numbers. He's great on the deep ball. I, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. So, Jake, your case for Tony, and where do you have Bateman ranked? And who do you have at five? Oh, God, <laughs> guys, this is going to get fun. <laughs> I've got, first off, I'll just say, I've got Rashad Bateman at number eight. Okay. Wow. Blasphemy. Um, Tony at, at four, I figured him, Jalen Waddle, and uh, Devontae Smith were the three best receivers I saw play this year. Um, we've talked about the the slash role, right? The running back, wide receiver. Yes. Um, just those hybrid guys. Yeah. Of course, other than Waddle, I think Tony's the best one, um, especially when it comes to the behind the line of scrimmage and backfield stuff. I think he's the best natural runner with the ball in his hands, like as a pure, I guess, if you looked at him as a running back. Um, and I think that, you know, just the way he gets in and out of his routes, I love his movement skills. I know there's Nuts. some drops and there's, yep. you know, 
you got to worry about the body type a little bit and the bit yeah. of the stuff versus Chase press. Had a few drops too, though this year. True. Sure. It's just, it, I mean, I we can get into drops with multiple of these guys, honestly. Yeah. Um, Especially this tier. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put Tony there. Um, I really want to talk about number five, though. So I'll let you guys go about number uh, number four. I mean, Boy, they're, I can they're see both Tony, right? I can see Tony four. I can see Tony eight. Um, he's got some of that flexibility and elusiveness we were talking about with uh, Smith. But he definitely, unlike the top three, now we start getting into projections and stuff a lot more. Um, so that's where Bateman kind of wins out. I think Bateman's a bit um, different wide receiver because he's more true outside guy who's going to really win off his uh, size and um, physicality and what have you. He's a bit Is of young just- Marius Thomas an okay comparison because I kind of got. I mean, he's not really going to do the screen game that DT did early. But I yeah. mean, just in terms of that, like throw it up on the outside and let him go get it. I he was more of a freak, I think. Exactly. I I thought the tools on DT, um, you know, hummed a bit more. But um, uh, uh, Bateman to me is more Justin Jefferson. Who, Jefferson okay. more yeah, versatile, more route runner, so different. But like we're sleeping on him a bit. He's going to have a super solid first round grade for me. He's going to come in the NFL and be like ready to go right from the get. Um, and yeah, just the dude has a lot of ways to win. Like, don't overthink it, you know. Um, so maybe that ceiling isn't ex- as exciting as Terrace Marshall, as Rondale Moore, as Tony, um, as St. Brown, probably, or even Tutu Atwell. Or, or maybe somebody, shoot, we could get, go down the list to Nico Collins. Um, but still, like Bateman, like, that that ceiling, that floor, nice and high, nice safe pick. Really like him. And then yeah, Tony, and then it's Rondell Moore. And we get into the Moors and Terrace Marshall's behind them. I mean, hard to differentiate between the two wideouts and those slash players, you know. So I had Terrace Marshall ahead of that group, ahead of Rondell Moore. And I can and, see the argument for that. Yeah, and and really, I kind of wish. As it stands now, in case you forgot, my four, five, six, Bateman, Tony, Terrace, Marshall. Okay. And the reason I Bateman in front of Tony is because I just wanted somebody more well-rounded. I thought that Bateman was a good enough, just straight up receiver to be able to say, you know what? That is more valuable to me than a gadget guy. And I'm not sure, maybe that's like an outdated line of thinking at this point, but but that's kind of what led me here. And also the fact, I, w- I just went through and looked at what the rookie receivers did this year. Everybody likes the speed, but it wasn't necessarily the speed that put up the production this year. You know, just in terms of receptions, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, T Higgins, Chase Claypool. Mm -hmm. And like, I get these are fast guys, but they aren't like, I mean, next up is Brandon Ayuk, which is Mm -hmm. more of the other kind of style. Mm -hmm. They have Visca, Judy, Pittman, and then Rager, Hamler, Ruggs down in like the 30 catch range. And so I did come into this saying, I think that there is a bit of an emphasis on speed a bit too much of an emphasis on speed and the little guys and so i did want to bump up a guy like bateman and i think right now i do wish that i'd put marshall ahead of tony for that same reason qb situation does matter a little bit with some of those speed guys like hamler and and rager in philadelphia obviously they weren't exactly in the most stable positions but i like that you brought it up you know at the end of the day you know we can get cute with some of these gadget guys some of these speed guys there is always a spot for just a true beast wide receiver that you can line up on the outside and 
and have that guy to consistently target, you know, 10 to 15 yards down the field. And, and I feel like those guys are tougher to find in, you know, the third round than, you know, you're not going to get Kadarius Tony in the third round, but it does feel like you're going to have a Dwayne Eskridge. You might get you're Dwayne Eskridge. Like yes, a bunch exactly. More of those types still, because there are so many, it feels like. Here's the thing though. I, I hear what you guys are saying, but when it comes to the numbers and those speed guys, you're not getting them for volume. You're getting them because with yeah, one reception, play, yeah. yeah, they can change the whole like entire outlook of a game. And I, I get it. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, 6'3", 200-pound guys obviously don't grow on trees. I mean, especially if you paid attention to this class, uh, there's a lot of undersized players, yeah. um, especially in this range that we're talking about. Um, I guess I just want to play heel a bit real quick um, because I actually don't have Terrace Marshall really close in my rankings. Um, I get it with the size stuff. I don't think his speed was very impressive at all. Um, his play strength, I thought, was actually surprisingly not – good at all really um he got knocked back especially in the blocking game i don't think he really cares to block at all um and i was kind of hoping that i mean i already said it with these guys or with uh chase i I was hoping he'd be more physical throughout the route man i mean he's a big guy and i just think he welcomes in too much contact um and that's something when you're a big guy i mean you got to play big it's a gamble on upside for sure with marshall um as it is with tony you know toonies um, if Tooney was already more polished as a runner, like, you know, direct handoffs and, uh, there were a few less drops, that's probably enough of a differentiator because it's, again, it's a classic ceiling versus floor question here. Um, but on you up at five then Jake, my yeah. guy, Rondale Moore. Mm-mm-mm. Mm, it's about my as, sixth. Yeah. It's about as high as I could put him without feeling he's like I was getting six, but he's a like, stud. Yeah. I mean, he's just incredible, man. Also, should he be is. worth noting that uh Cecil Lammy tweeted out yesterday the Broncos have met with Rondale Moore. So something to keep in mind there. Rondale Moore's just he's a freaking stud, dude. Um, since he showed up on the field in 2018 as a true freshman, just I mean, immediately popped. Um, he's one of those guys. He reminds me of Jerry Judy in multiple ways, obviously different body types and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But he's just one of those guys, you know, I think of Judy, I think of Saquon where they just move different. They're just so athletically superior than anyone else on the field. They just, you can just tell by looking at them that they are a different breed. Um, Also with the Judy comps uh, drops over the middle of the field. I get it. If you don't have them as high, but you know, again, you're talking about a guy that if you want, Tyreek Hill, I mean, I think he looks more like Tyreek Hill than anyone in this class. I mean, he's got the thick lower body. Thick I mean, lower he, body, yep. he can just turn the corner on these guys too, man. So I, I love His Ron vision Gilmore. is remarkable in the open field. His ability to like cut back and you see something down, you know, way on the other side of the field, cut all the way back, uses blocking, then uses speed a little bit to take off. He's versatile. I mean, you do worry about his height a little bit as like a true receiver, but just find a way to get the ball in his hands and he's going to make plays for you. Yeah. My big complaint with Rondale and I still had him. I think he was number seven for me. Um, So we're right there. Yeah. Like it's not like it's a huge complaint. It's just that when I was watching him, it felt like every play was the jet sweep motion. Like legitimately like two thirds of the time he's on the field. It's and it makes you wonder what happens when he isn't asked to do that. 
you know, like it, it could be that that's the best way to use them, the worst way to use them, whatever. But just on top of it, like I would just like to see more of him playing a true receiver role because I, I'm yeah. just not confident in his ability based on what I saw because it does seem like they use the jet sweep as a crutch. And at the same time, it worked really well for them. And so that makes it tough to complain. And from a Broncos perspective, that is the type of thing that I would say the Broncos are missing. So even if he's number seven on my list, does he fit better than a Terrace Marshall, better than a Rashad Bateman? You, I feel like you could make the argument. Well, I just wondered how much of that was try, Purdue trying to offset Yes. The athleticism Thank gap mm-hmm. against everybody else in the Big Ten, all Definitely. that misdirection, all the motion, you're trying to draw them, you know, get their eyes off and you create little plays off of that. But well, again, you know, if you're a draft scout, it's like uh, outside of but... Terrace Marshall's 2020 tape, worst quarterback of the bunch in my top 12 yes. by a mile is Rondale Moore in in the notes for sure. Yeah. I, the note is he definitely wasn't being thrown open. I don't know much about these quarterbacks. I wasn't really watching them, but he was not being thrown open. Lead that man. Yeah, they bad. Um, yeah. They bad. <laughs> to, to the note about how his usage, though, I think we would have seen a lot more of him as a true receiver. I mean, just tough breaks for Rondale. If he didn't have that lingering hamstring injury last year, if he had, if the Big Ten just figured out that they were actually going to play football and he didn't yes. have to opt in and out, and then he was still kind of nursing an injury, didn't really know what was going on with him. Then all of a sudden he's starting for the Minnesota game, still comes in and plays awesome in that game, by the way. So, I mean, and you're kind of just, it's one of those guys that you just got to really just look at the traits and project, honestly. And there are moments as a true wide out, as a true slot where he's, what is it? 2018 against Ohio state. And he's carving up Sean Wade. Sean Wade, dude. That was good. Sean Wade. That was good. Sean Wade, not crappy fifth round. Sean Wade that we saw this year. That was good. Playing nickel corner was the Sean Wade that always was crappy fifth round. That's the question. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes. It's secret option B Justin, but still, I think the point is made. Um, I tell you what, I, I started doing drafts, uh, draft analysis, podcasts, rankings, breaking down film in 2013. That class was an atrocity. Tevin Austin was the first wide receiver taken in that class. Without a doubt, every single guy we've talked about so far, maybe minus Terrace Marshall, gets taken ahead of Austin coming out of West Virginia. Austin coming out of West Virginia an absolute stud, by the yes. way. We thought he was going to oh, yeah. be the next to Sean Jackson. So not shitting on him in any way. I'm just saying, Roundell Moore is that special. So, so like that's how deep this class is. Someone's going to go mid-second. That would have been a top 15 wide receiver in a lot of other classes. To me, an argument could be made that Elijah Moore belongs ahead of Rondell, belongs ahead of Tony. Um, he's firmly in that group. The one he dropped a little for me this week because I had him above, um, above Wall, above Tylen Wallace, above Marshall, above uh-huh. a couple of these guys coming in. And what like, had I, him I think he's a top. You? I don't know. Like I was trying to. He just. I don't, it's, he's just not as exciting as some of these other guys. Like he's fine. I just I didn't see anything where I, I just absolutely fell in love. And maybe that's me again. Like I didn't see any flaws necessarily. It's just yeah. when I was like, yeah, you know, he's he's a pretty good receiver. I think it's just that that Ole Miss system where it's just yeah, so reliant sure. on speed that you 
don't really get to see like the finer aspects of really any of these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. even Matt Corral, the quarterback, he throws for 500 yards, five touchdowns all the time, but he also has four pit games and just looks terrible at some stretches. So it's just a weird program to evaluate. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the stretched out one-handed grabs he's making there. Um, I like the hands better than probably better than Tony and Rondell. Um, uh, I like that he's I just he's see a built like, like a fire hydrant. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's a lot of like put this guy in motion, give him a head of steam, and good luck to his opponents and trying to keep up with that. With which shoot in today's NFL, sign me up. You can do it. Yeah. Um. And I don't. I, for this, five years ago, I would do a lot of like, who's the prospect you don't want the Patriots to like drop in their lap and draft. Now I would do that with the Chiefs. And for this segment of wide receivers, that'd be an, a fun exercise because uh, pick your poison. Like, They're I wouldn't fast. want Tony Rondell. I wouldn't want Elijah. Like, and none of those guys. And Should maybe I'm biased against Tutu. Even? Yeah, totally. And maybe I'm biased against Tutu, who might belong Tutu Atwell out of Louisville, might belong to that group. Like just as much like there's not that much separation. Um, and then I feel guilty that we're leaving out Till Wallace. So it's a mess. But yeah, Rondo six for me. Elijah Moore is seven. Terrace Marshall is eight. Tylen is nine. Tylen's kind of the, the Rashad Bateman of that. This next tier, like it's set and forget. He's going to be a stud in the NFL as well. Um, and then Amon Ross. I think St. we're overlooking Brown. him a little bit for sure. Yeah. Just because yeah. he doesn't have some of those sexy characteristics of some exactly. of the other guys, but he's going to put up numbers. Who does have the sexy characteristics is Amon Ross St. Brown, who, if he puts it together, like forget it. Um, and the then, yeah, more speedsters to Outwell, Marcus Stevenson, <laughs> Diami Brown. I mean, yikes. And then it's Eskridge, Nico Collins, Seth Williams. And, Anthony Schwartz is a beast. He's a super speedster out of Auburn. And I love Warren Jackson. Like, okay, I'm going crazy. But anyways, um, yeah. All Warren's those a stud. I want to throw his name out there. Look, guys, he's not, he's going to go in like the seventh round. If, if that there's yeah, a chance Warren. he even goes undrafted, unfortunately, yeah. just out of sight, out of mind after opting out. But if you want like a big body red zone receiver, Warren, he creates got a great catch radius, great separation. He's not going to burn you on speed, but he's a guy that can produce for you. He's going to make somebody really happy, as did Preston Williams. Yeah, so, he's going to be better than Preston, if you ask me. Probably than Hollywood as well. Then I think he's going to be better. I think he has the potential to be the best CSU wide receiver that's come out. I, I right see a path Gallup, similar to Tim Patrick for him. Yes. Take yes. a couple of years, but then he becomes like that nice practice squad guy. Then he becomes the fourth wide out. Next thing you know, someone's injured and he's your he's your like number one wide out. Um, I could see that. But Jake, I see you're you're ready to speak. Go ahead. So all those names you listed off, Andre, yeah. you still didn't name my number six guy. Whoa. Oh <laughs> man. Amari Collins? Rogers, Clemson. Oh, Clemson. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I mean, he's kind of in that same boat as Tony and Rondale. Could even argue a bit higher because he's shown those actual receiver skills. He is when you watch him at Senior Bowl, he it's pedigree. almost like it's almost like we forgot about him. the pedigree too. But it's almost pedigree. like we forgot about him at the Senior Bowl because yeah. he was just cooking everyone, and we we're just like, yeah. oh, I mean, just like forget about it. But I mean, built like a fire hydrant, uh, yeah. not necessarily the tallest guy, but 
plays bigger than his size. So tough to bring down, man. Yeah. I mean, almost more impressive than Kadarius Tony when he's just getting hit by these guys, they just fall off of him. Um, he's just someone that really impressed me when it came to the receiver skills, uh, specifically route running off the line with his releases. That's what had me sold on him. And coming off a huge him, season. Go back. Yeah. 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 He's massive. And he doesn't have like the, the top end speed that a lot of those other guys do like, like Rondale mm. Moore types. But at the same time, like when you watch him, he's running away from DBs. Like, like, it's not like he's a slow guy. It's just that maybe he is more of a just slot receiver than he is. Yes. Like, like just a straight up burner. And, Quicker and, than fast. Yep. Yeah. And those are the guys that can easily get forgotten at, at this Damn point straight. in NFL history. Right. And, and I really think that that's a good call. And the same way I fell in love with Van Jefferson last year, I really like Amari Rogers this year. And Amari definitely brings more after the catch with him, which is and why he's, he's going rounds earlier. Coach's son, same as uh, Van Jefferson, yep. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very I, I Van like Jefferson, Terry McLaurin esque. I didn't realize he was two hundred and ten pounds. Yeah, he dude. Yeah, yeah he he actually kind of reminded me of a Thick mini AJ Brown. Mm-mm-mm. Well, like shoot. <sighs> Good on you, Jake. You little devil. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Not, to, not to steal the show. Do you want to hear seven though? Because I yes, gave you yes, six yes. and I didn't give you seven. Nope. And I gave you eight with Bateman. This is seven. our time to empty the clip and give the like late rounders we like and stuff. So go cool. ahead. Seven. I've got Nico Collins. I think yeah. that he is being slept on, man. He Upside is for sure. Truly a technician. I mean, you want to talk about someone that can come in, he can play X, he can play big slot. If you wanted him at Z even, I could see it. Someone just putting in motion just to, you know, set the, or figure out what coverage you're going against. But as a route runner, he's got it. Um, you talk about, or I talked about the hand fighting throughout routes. He's got that. He's physical throughout his routes. Uh, you can go up and get the ball. I mean, you saw big touchdowns uh, over high profile corners throughout his career. Um, he's a sleeping giant, I think, in this class. Another guy that didn't have a quarterback. Just get, yes. if, if you put yes. him on Clemson or Alabama or any of these teams that just give him a decent quarterback, he probably oh. would be a top five wide receiver, I think, for a lot of people. I Maybe like him five, a lot more six than, or seven. I like him a lot more than Donovan People Jones. And Absolutely. basically I'd slap the top fifty grade on him in the preseason. We just haven't seen it. But um, so to me, seven's just a, a smidge. Rich, would it surprise me when it's all said and done that he was one of the five best wideouts out of this class? Not at all. Because get out of the top 12, it's not even close. He has the highest upside of anyone. Like, get shoot, get out of the top post Rondell Tony. Like, Terrace Marshall that and you know that's the separator for me is I think the the production Marshall to me is one of those guys I see all the deficiencies you see but man there's a lot of flash so if you just put it all together yikesies um okay yeah keep keep going uh with your seven eighth ninth tenth any guys we haven't mentioned yet go ahead someone Uh, i'll throw Dwayne eskridge out there we've talked about him a lot but he is something else he is something else just the way he accelerates out of his break that alone makes me want to draft him with whatever pick it takes like it's just crazy 
how he can get to the top of the route and then just bang, he's three steps in front of somebody. And I and, so badly wanted to put him in the top 10. I know. And I, I had to, I put him at number 10 because I was like, he is a top 10 receiver. And even though I know that that is not what the general perspective of him is, of him is like, I, I think that that's what he's going to turn out to be. When you talk about all these gadget guys who can make plays after the catch, obviously he fits right in there with any of them. Mm-hmm. He has all of the, the quick feet, the jukes that you could ask for yep. on top of that. I mean, sure. He's playing against Mac competition, but he was also playing with Matt competition. He True, didn't have yeah. a quarterback. And, and he looked good at the senior bowl. And, and yeah. sure, it's yeah. one-on-ones and the receivers should be being the corners. But it, the, the, the traits, it's just, it seems like they are so obvious so often with him that I, I have a hard time not keeping him in the top 10. Another the only guy. argument against him is his age. He's a bit older in this class. 23 will turn 24 um, in March. Oh, damn. Uh, he's real old. Mm-hmm. So you you wonder what the ultimate upside is, but plenty of cases to be made for would you rather a top 40 pick on Elijah Moore or being able to pick up Dwayne Eskridge in the fifth? You know, yeah, another I don't think he's short that guy long. that played bigger than his size too. He Damn gets some straight. big catches, man. Damn straight. Yep. I like him more than Atwell, I think. Is that a high Definitely. take? I think so. I said it before the show. I think Tutu Atwell is more of that Hollywood Brown type. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting mm-hmm. a field stretcher. You're getting someone that can house it at any time. Yes. But, I mean. Marquez Stevenson's like that, too. Yeah. Do not sleep on Marquez, man. Where are you guys at with the UNC receivers? Newsom um, and uh, Amari, who's the, I'm trying to blank on his last name. Deami Brown. Deami um, Brown, excuse me. Yeah. I like Deami's the Brown. guy getting hype. Back to back thousand yard seasons, um, a bit more slender, but the I mean the the long ball stuff is there. You know, if you want to watch Sam Howell and get hyped, just watch Deami Brown because he averaged uh, over twenty yards per reception in twenty nineteen, and he was at uh, nineteen point nine last year. Back to back thousand yard um, receiving seasons, he's never had over fifty six receptions in a season either. So like. He's a big play maven and he's kind of getting forgotten and lost in the shuffle here. Um, but yeah, do not sleep on Deami Brown. He's a six foot or two, so he's he's a bit taller than some of these guys. He yeah. seems like a great value pick, a third no. round guy, maybe fourth round, depending on how things play out. But I liked his game. Yep, I mean, when I watch it. UNC, it's hard because I always start falling in love with the running backs again and stop paying <laughs> attention to anything else. Same. But he's a stud. so true. I wasn't a big fan of Daz Newsome though. He's actually one of the guys that when I put him on, I was surprised at how disappointed, frankly, and what I saw. I just didn't think that uh, he was there as a route runner, especially when you're a slot guy. I didn't see much run after the catch with him for a slot guy. Um, I will say he was probably the worst blocker I watched, two of the bunch. He was not good in that department. Um, but if you need a punt returner, I guess, in the fifth round, there you go. Hank, I'm surprised we haven't talked about Amonra St. Brown yet. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I'd, I've barely touched on him. Where's he for you? Uh, He's low. He's real low. Really? Yeah. What I'm happened? Not, I'm not a fan. I mean, he just doesn't do all that much. It's a big name. He has the tools, but, but the production wasn't. I mean, there was one big game. He had the, the what, four touchdowns in the first quarter against Utah. Mm-hmm. And that that is something spectacular that you just don't, really ever see in college football but 
I'm not, does anybody else have the stats pulled up? Because that was, I'm, I'm getting them right now. That was just about all he did. Honestly, I'd almost take Tyler Vaughn's in front of him. The other receiver from USC. Um, Vaughn's, man. Tyler Vaughn's is a monster because he, he just goes and catches the football. You know, it, it's hard to come up with a comp for him because Projects it just has a long like, slot to me, like almost poor man's yeah. Justin Jefferson to some extent. That, yeah, that, that would work well. And, and a yeah. lot of outbreaking routes. Let him mm. use those sidelines. He has like the length. He can make guys miss just deceptively and yeah. because he, he can make guys miss in the way that receivers for the last 50 years, been able to make guys miss not in like the Kadarius, Tony, Jerry, Judy, Rondale Moore way that is just like coming around now. And I think that that kind of gets forgotten with some of these guys because of the other guys who are better known for making guys miss, but Tyler Vaughn's to me, I mean, he he's a good route runner. He has good hands. I, yeah. I really like him specifically near the sideline. He's just constantly making plays and then downfield too. And more consistently, I would say than Amon Ross St. Brown has. Amon, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll sing some Amon Ross St. Brown praise if someone won't, but yeah, to me, he's a slightly smaller Juju Smith. Mm -hmm. I love the physicality. It stands out as a blocker um, and as a runner after the catch, he's one of the better yak getters in this class. The size is there. I think the speed's going to be more than decent enough. He's just raw. He's just raw. Um, yeah, and <laughs> that's why it's such a bitch to rank Dylan Wallace in this class because mm -hmm. you have all these, you know, scat weapons <laughs> and you have these raw wide receivers with all the tools and then Dylan just checks off all the boxes. He's going to be solid as hell. Um, but, you know, you can only put him so high. So that's an interesting one. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I hear you, Hank. He's not, he's not for everyone and you watch USC, there's a lot of guys to be impressed of. And he gets a bit lost in the shuffle there. And part of it is, I think just his brother, and this shouldn't weigh in at all, but watching Equiminius up in green Bay, like yeah. when they're just totally devoid of any sort of receiver depth, see him not do anything. And, you know, he comes from like the family that's the, they, they basically bred their kids for, for being pro athletes. And totally. you just wonder if there's something weird going on with all of that kind of stuff. And that's why I came away with like, you know what? There are so many good receivers. I, I will pass here. I'll pass here. Where do you have him I, on rank, Jake? I actually have him at 11th. So if we're going back to Rondell Moore at five, I go Amari Rogers, Nico Collins, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Tutu out, uh, Tutu Outwell. And then I've got St. Brown. Okay. Um, I think for me, he's one of those guys that fits really going to matter for him. If he can go to some yeah. place where he can just slide right in at slot with maybe one or two other established receivers on the outside, he's going to put up some numbers and he's going to impress. And we're all going to be sitting here a year later going, how did we do this? How do we let this happen? But if he goes to a team, gosh, I don't know, the Jets or just someone that's kind of rebuilding and struggling and you're counting on him early, I would not expect very much from him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure what happened was he was in the slot last year and then he moved over into Pittman's role this year. And last year he was much more effective. And I think I think this year Vaughn's was in the slot mm -hmm. almost exclusively. And, and – it almost made me wonder in watching all of that and not as much so going back and watching, but just during the season, like 
is it just that slot role in that USC offense that just gets the ball fed to it? That's where Drake, uh, what's his name? Drake Johnson. Drake London, yeah. That, that's Or Drake London. That's where he ate all this year is when he was yeah. working out of the slot too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this class. I've got one more guy. Do it. Cornell Powell. Is uh, someone yeah. that other Clemson kid. We have not talked about him very much on this mm-hmm. show throughout the whole year. Yeah. Um, but at these programs, these Clemsons, these Ohio States, Alabamas, you kind of get these guys like this where, you know, they go coming into the program, they don't see a lot of playing time. All of a sudden, senior year, everything kind of fits right and they're right for their first starting role and they capitalize. And it's exactly what he did. Um, he impressed me even more so as a route runner than Amari Rogers. Uh, I liked his blocking. His blocking was actually pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty physical at the senior bowl too. Yeah. It's just someone that, you know, if it weren't for the Justin Rosses and T Higgins in front of him, he probably would have been making all those plays, you know, in mm-hmm. place in their place. Yeah. Um, that we haven't mentioned yet. TJ Vasher out of Texas tech guy who's been on my radar for a minute. Um, very Warren Jackson esque. Uh, just Seth missed. Williams at Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Um, Va- Vasher's just Mister Lasto man. Seth Williams. I mean, kind of in that Nico Collins mold, where like he puts it all together. He's got all the tools to succeed. Marlon Williams, probably a second rounder in some classes. The speeder out of UCF with uh, plenty of size. Um, and a- Anthony Schwartz, the Auburn speedster. Broncos have interviewed Rondale Moore. If you don't want to spend a top 50 pick on Rondale and you just need a dude to return kicks and be a speed wide receiver and run five jet sweeps for you, Anthony Schwartz sounds like the perfect fit because uh, dude was maybe the fastest guy in the entire SEC the last couple of years. And I mean, to Marion Terry, uh, yes. tons of talent. Sage Surratt, Wake Forest, tons of talent. Um Trevon Grimes. Yeah. Man, dude. Trevon Grimes, holy cow, does he check off all the boxes and absolutely baptized Another Patrick guy, Josh Sertain. Palmer out of Tennessee. Mm, I guy. forgot to even put him on my list. Yeah. You guys still haven't gotten to the one yeah. I'm thinking of. Go ahead. I'm curious. Uh, Shy Smith, South Carolina. I was, okay. I was wondering how long the list would keep going before we got there, but he's seriously one of my favorites. And, and I'm not he sure... Fits. Again, it's it's South Carolina receivers every year, and I don't know what they do, but they just have incredible hands. Like what Shy Smith can do, same thing as Brian Edwards last year, is just awesome. And I, when once you get out of the like big big group of guys who who you like as top fifty, top one hundred picks, guys who you say like these guys have real reason to believe they're going to be very good you get into a tier where you run into guys like shy Smith who just catch the ball really well. And to me, that is a good trait to go after in the late rounds. Like if, gonna, if you can go catch footballs, like that's kind of what the game's all about that and speed are the two where it's like, let's take a flyer and just see what happens. I'm going to break your heart. Hank. I did not like my rewatch of shy Smith. Really? I did not I didn't either. That's fair. Yeah. We'll I mean, let I'm, you down real quick. Uh, routes honestly a lot uh i thought he was one of the worst receivers i watched um really uh, yeah i didn't i wasn't impressed with his routes 
Um, I didn't think he played physically at all. Didn't think he had much speed. It was just, I mean, he does make some impressive catches and that's what caught my eye throughout the year, but just some of these crazy catches he was able to make, but it's just, I don't think it's all there for him. Uh, size wise too. I thought he was a lot bigger than he actually was. He's actually not that big at all. So no, no. it's so upsetting when guys can make the really tough catches and then we'll just let the easy ones. I watched a decent amount of South Carolina this year because my guy Colin Hill went down there and he didn't play great. But (laughs) the thing is, like, those receivers did him no favors. Yeah, he made some highlight plays, but it's it's like what Andre said. You'd watch him on first and second down, and it wasn't just him. This was a a common problem amongst the South Carolina receivers, and you just watch them. They're getting jammed at the line of scrimmage. Nobody's getting open. Nobody's moving. Nobody's trying to improvise, like, I, I just hated everything about that South Carolina offense, to be honest. But you see that from Terrace and Amonra St. Brown, they'll make a really tough like outstretched grab and then they'll drop some like nothing crosser that was just like pay attention, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um all right. I think we've accomplished uh emptying the clip on this wide receiver class. Good for us. Proud of us. Oh. Yeah. Well done. We, we um, have to stop at some point. We can't we do. We truly do. And uh, any new names that are added to the list, as Hank reassured me when I was having a mini panic attack as we wanted to start this position preview, and I just felt not ready doing it that early on. We can always revisit any of these people if need be, or any new names that rise up that we didn't have a chance to touch on. So, and there will be plenty of pro days. Give us excuses exactly. to come back and talk about these guys. Yes. In fact, I saw the Rammies pro days on the schedule already. That's exciting. And you know, I mean, as much as we talk about how deep this class is, I hate to say it. It happens every year though. Players get hurt, man. So yep. it's just, True. it's just the name of the game for sure. All right, let's take our final break and we will be right back with uh, some of your draft questions you guys showed out this week. So uh, looking forward to addressing those. Yes, we are very excited to oh if you're in the oh wait you can oh this yeah, doesn't start he's got it you, he's this, got these it. are like middles of reads you're supposed oh, to like say man. your own thing and jump in like oh. you're not gonna just start by saying you can also subscribe now and save 20 you know so right, so right. let's just start at the top yeah strava craft coffee the mm. best cbd infused coffee in the world there yeah. isn't even like a conversation that anybody could have because it's by far the best they get all the best reviews People with all sorts of ailments like migraines or IBS have tried it and have yeah. said, this solved my migraine or IBS. And uh, that's yeah. why we think that you guys should keep checking out Strava Craft Coffee if you haven't yet. The yeah. first order you make from Strava Craft, if you use the code DNVR20, you can get yeah. 20% off that order. Damn. Or you can subscribe and get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks that's and get convenient. 20% off every single time it's a great deal it's great coffee it's non-psychoactive and it's really changing lives so check it out do you guys hear my chair squeaking every time i move no No, but i'll start listening for it excellent no nothing good no okay um (laughs) yes we're gonna get to these questions quickly because both justin and i do have to go sooner rather than later no double read in that one right hank nope excellent if you're a DMVR subscriber, you comment on the pod post from last week and we get to your questions. One of our regulars, Count Loculus, here and he's asking, is it just me 
Or is this draft class much weaker on the high end rounds one through three than last year? Are there any position groups you think are significantly better than last year? Cornerback, maybe love the count. Very good question. I get this feeling in general from this class. You know, I've said it like we're going off sophomore tape. So in general, a lot of the top guys don't feel nearly as solid as they would in most years. It is a top heavy group. Like I think I'll have like 12, 15 first round grades that I feel really good about, but that's a pretty slender group. And I think that'll probably have a trickle down effect. I anticipate I'll have fewer second round grades and fewer third round grades than most years. So um, the counts definitely onto something. I agree completely. It's just a weird class where we're going off upside because we had so many opt outs. We're going off sophomore tape. We're going off one year wonders. Um, these are old scouting adages that used to be like not major red flags, but like massive talking points. Now we barely even touch on it because it's like, yeah, I mean, that's just par for the course this year. Like we barely mentioned it with Jamar Chase. Yep. Consensus top five pick essentially doesn't even matter. So um, yeah, as far as is there position groups you think are significantly better, significantly being the key word. Like, like receivers probably maybe, maybe it's an argument. Yeah. Not significantly better. Yep, quarterback would be uh, tight end I, too. I mean, it, just because last year's class for tight end was not, yeah, it was just not yeah. good. And I know this year isn't very deep, but at the top, it's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, and I, man, oh, upside wise, this tackle class as good as last year's tackle class was would give them a run for its money. Definitely not that interior D line. Edge last year was a weak edge class, no, but it did yeah. start with Chase Young, which will cover some flaws. Yep, you got me there, Hankster. Good yeah. point, good on you, buddy. Uh, yeah, no, Justin very, very solid point, very solid point from the count here. He's on to something for sure. I, unless anyone else has any points to add, I'm moving on to orange and blue Aussie. Um, ripping pod mates as cool as the opener theme song. My top five are as follows. He goes back to last year's topic, which of course was running backs. Najee Harris won. We agree with you there. As do the bookmakers. Travis Etienne two. I thought, oh no, oh no, oh no. The bookmakers do not agree with with oh, what really? with uh Etienne favored at minus one fifty. Najee plus one twenty. You guys value. Yeah, value. Yeah. Um, hard to explain wow. for me, frankly. Orange and Blue Aussie has Chuba at three. He says in parentheses, last 2K rusher at OSU, Barry Sanders. Um, yeah, that stuff doesn't really matter, but that's okay. Kenneth Gainwell, number four, and uh, Trey Sermon, number five. I love the Broncos to draft any of the ones from three through five. So Chuba Gainwell, Sermon, damn straight. Doubt we are in position for one or two. So tell me, who do you think, who do you bo boys think are going to compete with us if we trade down and try to land JOK? He's my trade down target. Who do you guys think are going to compete with us if we trade down 
to land JOK. So say the Broncos trade down in that from nine to about 20 to 25 range. Who would be the top targets to steal JOK? In Raiders for one. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where you'd start as Raiders most deaf. Um, definitely not. So 17 is the first spot. 18 with Miami would be another spot. I, mean, I think Washington has to go offense, but they could upgrade some of their linebackers. I think pairing JOK with Isaiah Simmons would be almost a dream scenario Ooh. for Arizona. That would be really interesting and really fun just because I saw Matt Miller even tweet today that he's not even doing linebacker comps for uh, JOK. He's just going straight to safeties. and He's I'd, Cheeto to me. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people suggest him. I mean, they brought up, um, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Char- Charles Woodson, his uh, transformation to safety. Huh. Um, Crazy. You know, it's just, it's just well, the history of the beast. How great would an offense with Hassan Reddick Buddha Baker, Isaiah Simmons, and JOKB. That's a lot of hybrid players, folks. That's a lot of hybrid players. They used to have the honey badger there too. Um, so I think it's it's that 17, 18, 22 range. To go back to where you're at. Uh disappointing lack of uh North Carolina in those running back rankings. Mm, I would agree. I would agree. Huge fan of Chuba either. I would have had and Thailand and Chubb are going to be hard. Yep. Real hard. Um, all right. And final question. Justin, we can't Abs- hear you. Oh, yeah. We can't hear you, Justin. Are you muted? Is your. No, no. Oh, my Wait. bad. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, brother? As they're going to be. They're going to be fine players like Wallace and Hubbard. They're going to be good. They're going to produce. It's just they don't have that. It's the floor versus ceiling debate. Do you want somebody that I can just plug in and, and know is going to rush for 800 yards this year? Or do I want somebody that's potentially going to revolutionize my offense? That's not Chuba in my opinion. But I think he's going to be fine. Like I think he'll be a solid NFL yeah. running back. I just wouldn't he's want fast. to invest a ton of capital in him. If there's a hole for him, he's going to be good. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. And final question, AvsWatch22. Hey, guys, first off, shout out to Jake for the follow back on Twitter. Thank you. Okay, Draft Gang, I'm putting all of you as the brain trust and upper management of the Philadelphia Eagles. Say the first five picks fall. Lawrence to the Jags, Wilson to the Jets, Sewell to the Dolphins, Fields, Falcons, Slater, Bengals. Zach Ertz has been traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the New England Patriots in exchange for a second round pick in 2021 and a fourth in 2022. Do you value take Kyle Pitts at six over the top three wide receivers or are the receivers a better value here than Kyle Pitts? Well, I answered that one already. Thank you guys for your weekly draft pods. And I'm stoked to start seeing NFL free agent movement and how all these moves and draft picks, compensatory picks, We'll shake out. Cheers, gangs. Go DMVR. Go with DMVR me and go Broncos. So I've kind of expressed this already, but for the Eagles at six, what do you think? Is Kyle Pitts in the works? Especially with the top three quarterbacks gone already. Um. Oh, man. I mean, I have so many holes. 
I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. And I mean, you did just take Rager last year. It'd be a tough sell going wide receiver with a top six pick after you just spent a first round pick at receiver. I don't know. I mean, as much as we, I love Pitts, just taking a tight end at six overall, just kind of, I don't know. I know it's not done, but Kyle Pitts is kind of a different breed. True. Yeah, he's kind of a different breed, but I, I tell you, man, I do not know what the Eagles are doing to me. The only thing they do, there are two things that make <laughs> sense is quarterback or trade down. And I'm more of a Jalen hurts guy than most. I, uh, man, see, I say, I want to say, ride it out, but if they were my team, no, I'm, I'm drafting the quarterback. Give him a shot. Yeah. Ugh. In the year. Oh, it's rough, 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 rough. It's tough. I mean, the, the, the reason it's so hard is because you can't look at the Eagles and say, well, if you fix these two problems, well, all of a sudden you're a playoff team. It's like, where, what, what problems do you fix to make the problems you're going to have to fix next year easier to fix? And then who knows, you might even see it as a three-year job. Like, it's just not a good position to be in. They, they, they should just take the best player or... available, regardless of position. They need linemen too after the injuries they went through last year. I mean, this is a team that we could see really crumble, you know, in 2021 when you look at what they were, I guess, two years ago with Wentz taking them into the playoffs in that Seattle game and just falling apart at the seams, man. I mean, every position group, I mean, corner, safety, wide receiver. Uh, you're talking about trading Ertz now. We talk about the offensive line. That's why I say trade down our quarterback. There's, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. They just need talent. They got to yeah. add as many pieces as they can at this yeah. point. Set some trade, foundation though. for the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is off topic, but the senior bowl is playing right now. Actually a practice. Were you guys watching when that kicker from Miami went out there for the first time all week and just missed like four straight field goals? <laughs> I don't know the exact number. I know it's at least three. We're about to see. Yeah, I think it's four. It was incredible. Just as, to watch. as the commentators are hyping it up and he comes in and just shanks kick <laughs> after kick. The, the last one's just like a duck that barely gets to the end zone. <laughs> the most entertaining bit of television I had seen in a long while. That tickled me. That really, that... That tickled the funny bone. Yeah, poor kid the, probably just watched spot. his draft chances just fly <laughs> out the window totally, at that man. point, bro. Totally. <laughs> oh, and and they like it's his one shot. He hasn't yeah. been doing anything out there. Like it's all the one on one. Or was that the punter at Miami? Oh, what? The the I think it I think it might have been the punter, not the kicker oh. at Miami. It had like full on tattoo sleeves. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he looked like a, a Miami punter for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, fellas. That was a good one. Fun We've stuff. done it. It all gets easier from here. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, the real strengths of this draft class out the way. I'm excited. I might, I might twist your guys' arms and force you to talk some defensive position next week. Wow. Because, um, I'm starting a Jones for some defense. So... And I see you guys in the Discord asking us about Kentucky prospects and stuff. I'm getting into it. I like that linebacker. He's super fun, super athletic, getting into the corner. We're getting it all done slowly but surely. Um, so I appreciate your patience. But, yeah, we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Hammer those draft props.
Sit Jay on the 